the Money and Faith podcast. My name is Nathaniel, joined as always by my father, Rich. Good morning here on a Monday, October 1. It's wow. A, yeah. Wow. Wake, wake that lead singer at Green Day up. <laughs> Nobody gets it. Do you get that? No, I don't get that at all. It's a big song, early 2000s, called Wake Me Up When September Ends. Oh, really? So, <laughs> that's the young pop punk kid. Okay. Okay. There we go. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> good. Starting yeah. off with a joke that didn't work. That's <laughs> nobody yeah, understands. like bombing to yeah, get the fall started. Yeah, get the Monday morning started. <laughs> exactly. How was your weekend? You know, it's pretty good. We missed a week because I ended up going to this training, and then you also were involved in some training yeah. too. And and mine was something that I really enjoyed doing, even though it, it makes me feel very small. I go to this training where everybody in the room has a business that is bigger and more successful than our business. Yeah. And I go there because I want to learn and because there's a lot of people that show up that really have great ideas. And, and that's what's really nice about it. Everyone is open and everyone's talking about what's working for them. And so this has always come back with tons of information. But you did some training yourself. Yeah. Um, more along the lines of really holistic financial planning, which is an area that we're, we're good at, um, but there's tools and software that, again, we could be better at too, which is a lot of fun, a lot of fun to see. Yeah, because in our business, we can't sit back. So right. What we do today right. uh, is quite a bit different than five years ago, and five years from now, it's going to change again. That's just the way the world is yeah. with uh, retirement planning, with the legislation that comes out, with the kind of products that we use. So we just have to do this. We have to keep going out there, keep learning. Yeah, this industry changes so much that, you know, for the benefit of the clients, you need to be, you need to know your stuff. That's right. And that's important. Exactly. That's important. I shaved my face, too. Did well, you yeah, notice? you know what? You did. <laughs> I could look at Nobody you. Nobody notices. I know, that's, that's crazy. crazy. You know what? It used to happen to me all the time where either I'd shave or I'd grow a mustache or something no one really, really? realizes nobody it. notices i'm looking at you and i'm thinking well, okay he had his contacts for a while now so it's <laughs> not the glasses i need to start over i think yeah like with the beard and stuff so i'm okay. letting it grow fresh start for now i just look like a guy who didn't shave his face this morning exactly so well, that's wonderful so uh we came into today not really sure what to talk about well you know what man i think that in my own daily devotions because i'm reading something from the old I'm reading, reading something that is wisdom literature, and then also from the New Testament. So on the wisdom side, I'm back to the book of Job. And years ago, I mean, go back 20 years, and I always kind of like avoided Job because I thought, ah, you know what, there, there's a little bit of this big bang that happens in the beginning, but there's just this dialogue back yeah. and forth. But anymore, I really get a lot out of going to Job yeah, because it's one of those stories where I think it can apply to everybody when when suffering happens right and we wonder why now i think one of my thoughts for you nathaniel is um when you think about life right now is there maybe an area where god needs to punish you right now that's a <laughs> that's a heavy question yeah absolutely. uh probably but isn't there something for everybody I, I don't really know specifically what but i'm sure i mean maybe um Maybe anxiety with things. Yeah. Maybe um, not trusting in him. Maybe not. Um, yeah, maybe that would yeah. probably be a big one. Having anxiety because Jesus tells you, do not worry. Yeah. So when you worry, you're disobeying. disobeying. 
Yeah. Exactly. So you should be punished for that. Right. Well, <laughs> that, that'll that help the anxiety. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. One little thing happens to you. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, we know that Jesus died on the cross, so he paid for all of our sins, those that happened in the past, the ones that are going to happen today, and then also for the future. But there's that guilt element, and there's that feeling that we need to be punished. I'm sorry, by the way. I'm not letting you off the hook. Is there somewhere in your life that you need to be punished? Well, you know what? Um, I had an issue just over the last three or four days where I did something, and then uh, because your mom had said something to me, it was like, wow, I guess I shouldn't have done that. And just the guilt, thinking, you know, that potentially could have hurt somebody, what I did. And I kind of, I kind of really wrestled with it. And I've had to be in prayer the last few days, just again saying, Lord, I'm sorry for this and asking, please don't let there be a consequence right. to what I, what I did there. Right. So I'm not going to on air, um, <laughs> you know, say what that is. I'll just bleep it out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We'll take it off air on right. that one. So, yeah, but there, there is that, um, you know, guilt is, is a sin in itself. It seems like if, Maybe not, um, beca- and maybe I'm wrong about this, but maybe guilt because of what Jesus did for us, Jesus dying on the cross, shouldn't all guilt be gone? Shouldn't all guilt be eradicated because of what he did? Yeah, that that would be maybe the ideal, but it's something about our own human nature that it's almost a, I think, a form of protection for us to feel guilty okay you know because when you when you think about some of the horrific things that have happened down through history and you wonder how did those people commit those atrocious acts you know in my mind pops in uh, nazi germany how about all of those thousands of people involved not the leadership i mean of course they were uh, guilty 100 percent. but how about all the other people that just said that okay i was obeying orders mm-hmm. where was the guilt or shame in that for them we monica and i were just at the holocaust museum in washington dc wow. and one of the exhibits the newest exhibit they have is what was everybody else doing oh. during this time and how much fault is it everybody else's how much fault is it the united states how much fault is the UK, all sorts of things. And that's really interesting, too, guilt on their end from this whole massacre tragedy. That's right. That's right. Yeah, one of the things that I go back to, I remember early in my seminary uh, career when there was a really tragic event that happened, and in Rwanda there were over a million people that were killed when two tribes went to war, and it was really basically with machetes uh, going into villages and just slaughtering right. people. Where was the world? Right. Where was the United States when that was happening Yeah. Uh, in that? So let's take it micro for a second then. Do you think if something happens in a family, if somebody messes up really bad inside of a family, do you think there should be guilt from the other family members that, hey, why didn't we do, we love this person. Right. Why didn't we do anything to help this person, to get them the help they needed, to s- help them stop what they were doing? Do you think guilt should translate to a family member? Well, that that's a difficult one because when tragic events happen, like a drug overdose, and then the guilt people, when they felt that, wow, how come I couldn't see it coming? Right. Or when I had hints of it, why did I ignore it? You know, that, that's, you know, one of my professors 
in seminary, said that about the whole topic of suicide, and his teaching was that that was a, a, a life um, punishment that people would put on others, that by taking their own life, many times he believes it was intended to to inflict this horrible yeah. pain on somebody else right. on that and, and to feel that kind of guilt in uh in that and right. is that right i mean that that's that's one of those deep heart pains that's a moral question yeah yeah doesn't go away very quickly yeah we come back to this story of job though the way it unfolds and there's this heavenly meeting that's taken place between god and with satan and God has asked Satan, have you considered my servant Job, who was walking a righteous path? And what God did was just allow Satan to try to break Job. And what it played out on earth was the incredible suffering of loss of family, uh, loss of his wealth and uh, what he owned as far as uh, significant size herds and servants. Uh, but then the physical pain when the boils were on his body and, and you look and say, okay, could that happen today? Right. And how would you look at that? How would you feel that? Could that unfold for you or I? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. That That's a, you know, the whole book of Job, and you, you said it right at the beginning too. It's a dialogue. Yeah. There's a, the whole thing is a dialogue about pain and suffering. And a lot of it is, it's just, the, but it, it's almost this, um, it's almost this real analogy for your walk with Jesus. Yeah. Like it really is. Mm -hmm. If you take a look at all of your life and things of the ups and downs and ups and downs, the things that made me really happy and uh, I'm very joyful and the things that broke me down to tears. Right. It, it is about this dialogue. And when you're at the all-time low, it's like, Jesus, where are you? God, yeah. where are you in all of this right. suffering? And it's, I, I just think it's, you know, if we if we even look at the Book of Job from an art perspective, it's mm -hmm. this this real pinpointed. I'm I'm suffering. Where are you? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And then when I look at the reaction of his three friends who are there to support him, and just right. the way they begin to challenge his lifestyle and the fact that okay, this wouldn't be happening to you if you weren't sinful or right. guilty. And I remember that when we were um, beginning to, to look at making that transition from a denomination to an independent church, and I remember the attacks that were coming against us, that even those who I thought were loyal or supportive of the ministry were hearing things. And, and you could see the way they, they began to pull back. And even though I believe I was right I could see the way people changed their attitude towards me right. and, and the way they started having doubts arise. And, and so that can happen to you and I where, uh-oh, something happens and maybe people feel, uh-oh, why is God punishing us? And is that actually the case? Right. Yeah, confusing punishment with just suffering. Right. Do you think that's it? Do you think it's people would have confused just God is coming at us for not listening to him hard enough or following his will or just the understanding that making that big of a change, there is going to be suffering along yeah. the way. I think people could conflate those and confuse, confuse those rather easy. 
And it's also tricky with religion as well. It's tricky if something's not going right and then you pray about it, you hear this sign says we shouldn't be doing this yeah. X, Y, and Z. God spoke to me in right. this manner. Um, and I think it gets tricky when we talk about religion in that aspect because yeah. people feel so closely to it. They might misunderstand hearing something for just an event for that suffering that they're experiencing in the moment. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I made this mistake. It haunts me to this day. Early in my ministry, I went to a funeral home and said to a grieving wife that uh, through all this, there there is something that out of, that's going to come out of it. I mean, I can't remember my exact words, but it was really stupid, <laughs> really inappropriate, <laughs> because who am I? to say that there's going to be something good that comes out of the loss. Yeah. And I don't have that kind of insight. Right. And so um, in this sinful world, things happen. And there are sinful people that will make mistakes and there'll be, sadly, consequences for us. I think, though, for you and I, though, what what then is, from a New Testament perspective, what do we— what should we expect when bad things happen to you and I? Punishment. Really? Should when bad things happen to you and I. Right. Today. Okay. Um, How do we look at that? A, I look at suffering in my own life as, again, kind of that life being cyclical. Okay. Like understanding suffering is going to happen. And trusting Jesus that things are okay even in the dark times. Okay, that's how I that's how I look at those sorts. Yeah, of things. I think that's appropriate. That we, I, I think, if we believe that nothing is going to happen to us, that's not biblical. Right. You know, Paul tells us in a number of places that there there will be suffering for those who love the Lord. You know, Paul says, "Join me in my suffering." You know, and his was right. as he evangelized and spoke. Uh, the word and preach the word. Yeah, there were people that were uh, attacking him for that. But you and I, just this sinful world and the, the suffering or the pain that that can cause us, not because we did something wrong, but that's just the nature. But I think he hit it right on the on the money there. Where where's my hope? Is my hope in that the Lord's going to bring me through this issue? Right. Yeah, yeah and I I just don't think. Um, I think that's sometimes that that is hard to get to, even when you're yeah. a Christian too. It's I, um, I'm so wrapped up in what's happening right now that it's hard to see the bigger picture. Right. It's hard to see that, you know, somebody is there for me. Yeah. And I think that's hard. And I also think that people aren't listening as well. You mentioned that example uh, when you made a mistake as a young minister, yeah. which you said the the grieving, you know, widow. And um, I think that's. That is something I would have said, too. Like, yeah. that is something that I would have said. But what I've been learning in my life, um, uh, probably over the last two or three years, is how to be a really good listener yeah. and stop talking as much. Um, I do stand-up comedy, which right. is tough to do. <laughs> but I but even, I look at it as even being a good boyfriend or yeah. a good person to be with is I, I realize that I do not have all of the answers right. and being able to really listen and be under a rain cloud with somebody who's in a lot of stress, in a lot of anxiety, a lot of struggle, um, relate to that person as much as I can instead of coming here and saying, I have all the answers for you. 
And I think that I think when we talk about suffering, I think when you see your brother and sister suffering, I think that is the way to go about things. I mean, look at Job's friends inside of the book who come in with all of these quote answers for him and all these thoughts and opinions and that doesn't help and it's not the answer but listening to people and truly understanding and actively listening and grieving with people i think that is some of the best remedy for suffering is just that people listening to you yeah yep i agree with that too you know even a recent meeting i had uh with somebody and they shared about a family loss and I think probably five, six years ago, I probably would have tried to say a few things, but instead I just felt, you know what, I, I, I just said, you know what, I can't even wrap my head around that yeah. type of issue and really kept it at that. You know, let them talk some more about it, but not trying to fix it. Right. Can't always fix it. Right. What do you think the book of Job is really, if you could pinpoint uh, just a couple sentences of what Job and suffering is in the human experience today what do you think that would be like if somebody who's not familiar with this piece of literature right opens the book of joe what do you think they should expect to get out of the book yeah i think from that is that these type of issues arise where it can be incredibly painful and don't expect the world around you to understand it or to be able to help you through it and ultimately stand on the promises of God as Job sprinkles those throughout the book. And in the end, everything is restored to Job, which right. is amazing as, as it wraps up and how he actually had more after this issue than he did when he began. Now, do we look at that and say, okay, if I've lost something, I'm going to have a multitude coming back to me? Um, we, we would pray and ask for that. But I think with Jesus as our advocate and that he's always with us, that allows us to have something that the world does not hope. We always have hope that this is going to end, that something good will come from it. All things will work to the good. And that hope is, I think, an enormous gift in our faith journey. Yeah. I mean, that's how the book ties up virtually. Yeah. So it's... Um, withstanding suffering yeah. with the promise that there is a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Right, 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 exactly. And even if that light doesn't materialize to we're in, in God's glory, you know, just you know, talk about weeping in heaven. I think that's just us recounting all the missed opportunities and the times when we could have relied on the Lord and we didn't. We right. took it in our own hands. So. Right. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. I think I try and take things into my own hands too much. Yeah, exactly. You and I both. Oh, for sure. Yep. That's wonderful. Well, thank you very much for joining us here on the Money and Faith Podcast. We appreciate you listening. Hope you liked our new theme song, by the way. You have not heard it yet. I haven't heard it yet. I'm (laughs) going to play for you after we're done. Um, Make sure that you subscribe to us on whatever service that you're using to listen to this. Uh, In the next week, we will be on Spotify as well. So if you're listening to an earlier episode... Uh, This is the last episode we won't be on Spotify for as well. Um, But we're on iTunes, we're on Google, SoundCloud, so make sure you subscribe to us there. Uh, Tell your friends about the show, too. If you really like it, post it to Facebook. Say, hey, Rich and Nathaniel do a good show. Um, You might be interested in it as well. 
make sure you visit our website, safetyfirstretirement.com. That's safety1stretirement.com. And make sure you like us on Facebook. We surpassed 300 likes last week as well, too, which is pretty, awesome. pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. I look at other financial planners around this city. None, not many have over 300 likes. So okay. we're doing <laughs> it's a challenge to every financial institution in Pittsburgh to step up their Facebook oh, like great. game. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next week.